Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We are ex-Mormon Christians united for Jesus. Find us at unveilingmormonism.com. My name is Lynn Wilder. And I'm Michael Wilder. And again, uh, we have some really interesting things coming up. So people who wonder about what Eve did in the garden, especially in under Mormonism, that was so surprising to Brad, we're going to find this out. So, so anyway. <laughs> this is part four with yes. Brad Steckelberg. If you have not heard the first three parts, you'll want to go back. Brad gave his life to the Jesus of the Bible in elementary school. He eventually um, was sexually abused, actually at a Christian in a Christian situation and um, struggled with that for many years, even had addictions, eventually joined the LDS church. And now he's right at the point where he's telling us that he's having some questions about some LDS doctrine. Brad, welcome back. And um Take us to this part in the story. What what kind of things are going through your head? Thanks. Uh, yeah, and it's been really great to be able to go through my story here. So I appreciate the opportunity. Um, so I was talking about how in the Come Follow Me um, information, we were in the Old Testament, and I was learning about some of these stories Um in uh, our family home evening group that we had for single adults. And I was also going through these uh, lessons with, uh, in my calling as a uh, person to, that did the prison ministries. But I just, there was a couple things I couldn't really resolve. And one was the, the reason why um, the fall happened with Eve um, taking the, uh, the fruit as a, and the reason being that it was necessary for salvation. And that was a very new concept to me. And I'm like, that's not biblical. That's, that's not in the Bible. And you know, the, the it was the, a fall upward Mormons teach, right? It was a yeah. good thing that she took the fruit. Yeah. And that was absolutely opposite of what I uh, had read in the past, and it really got me to thinking. Like, I need to, I need to read the Bible for myself and see. You know, did this come from the Bible? <laughs> and and it didn't. It did not. It absolutely did not. Um, in fact, that. when I went back and read that, the very lie that Satan offers Eve in the garden is that she can be like God, right? And then the whole Mormon faith is based on this idea that if you go to the temple and do all these righteous things, you can eventually be like God, right? Mm -hmm. That it was a good thing that Eve had her eyes open so that she could start on this path to be like God. Although as a woman in the Mormon church, I never believed I could be a goddess. It says in the Mormon temple that I could just be a queen and a priestess to my husband who then became a God, right? Yeah, but, um, but, but once, once I became a God, you know, in Mormonism, I could promote you. See, if I'm a God and I want you, Lynn, to be Mrs. God or Dr. 
misses God, I can do that because I'm a God. Okay. And I, I always told Lynn she, she would be promoted because she's such a good wife. But, uh, but it's, or, it, it's or a whole concept. <laughs> the whole concept, though, is that Eve, according to Mormonism, by partaking of the fruit was a good thing. And the big lie that Satan says, you know, if you eat of the fruit, you shall not die, but your eyes will be open. You'll see good from evil. And, you know, that, that was a lie. And that you can be as the gods knowing good from evil. And that's the whole concept of Mormonism is not that you can be like a God, you can become a God. Okay. And if you read even in their current doctrine, in Doctrine and Covenants uh, 132, it says that because they follow the act of the, of the priesthood, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are not angels, but are gods in their position in the hereafter. So that's a big difference than what the Bible teaches us. Go ahead, Brad, it's your show. Yeah. Well, but and then, we, oh, go ahead. You went back to the word though, right? Yes. And also when we were in that same uh, year of going through the Old Testament, I was reminded, thank God I had as a child and teenager, some Sunday school teachers and and some opportunities to read some of these stories in the past and and uh, the, during that time that I was teaching children myself because when we got to the tabernacle um, it just reminded me that you know everything in this tabernacle story reminds me that you know we had this relationship with God that was broken in the garden and that God has tried for millennia now you know to do everything to get right relationship with us again and this tabernacle had so much symbolism of what was to come through jesus mm. and i was reminded of what happens um when jesus died and that was in matthew 27 uh, it talks about how the temple veil was torn in two between the holy place and the most holy place. And it was torn from top to bottom. And um, it there is no further reason for us to go through a priest to, see, to get into God's presence. And um, because Jesus took that, that place. And um, so these are the things doctrinally that were happening in my head during this time and then at the same time um i was kind of looking online for any um help <laughs> in these areas i was uh i was looking for other people who were studying the come follow me and I found a couple that I liked that were a little bit more grace-filled and a little bit less works-based and stuff. But then I found a whole bunch of people that had YouTube channels that talked about the problems with Mormonism and that they've chose to go down the road of atheism um, as a response. And I wasn't at all interested in that path. But it was during that time that I also um, had run across a Christian pastor who... Um, was curious about the Book of Mormon, curious about Mormons, and uh, his tagline was fighting um, fighting criticism with curiosity. Mm -hmm. And um, so he would talk about, you know, I, 
uh, he didn't know a lot about Mormonism, but he had heard, you know, this this doctrine, or he had seen this happen, or he had gone to Nauvoo and different things. And he's like, "Oh, let me tell you, as a Christian pastor, what I think, and this is what the Bible says about this topic." And uh, he really dug in, and I'm like, "Oh, I like this guy. He really, he really, um, he really knows the Bible, you know." And so I was really kind of following him at the same time. And unfortunately, um, at the kind of at that same time, my mom, uh, she was diagnosed with uh, glioblastoma, which is brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, she had chosen to have a surgery um, and and that surgery took away her speech and her ability to do to do anything on her right side. And she was a hundred percent. Um, dependent on my stepdad and myself, and I went up to help um, to help them at in their home for um, about five months before she passed away. Hmm. Um, and so during this entire time, I, you know, I was thinking, well, I really need to address this um, relationship I have with the LDS Church. But maybe I'll just wait until we find out because, you know, we didn't know necessarily that she was going to pass away early on. And I thought, well, maybe I'll wait. But then it's like, you know, the Lord's really tugging at my heart. And we talked about the Holy Spirit before, and I believe that he he just was drawing me back to him. And so I reached out to this pastor that had the YouTube channel. His name's Jeff, and his YouTube channel's named uh, Hello Saints. Um and he and I um, started talking about the Bible together, but then I found what happened was during this time where I was uh, grieving and and um, going through helping, you know, as much as I can. He he kind of became my pastor for a while and and gave me pastoral care during that time, prayed with me and prayed for me and and um, and so. It was a, a really wonderful time to meet him, but it was also a wonderful time to get reacquainted with my own family and see just how strong um, the Christian faith was to them too. So, um, I, uh, my mom, I had mentioned uh, in in one of our previous episodes how she had found her natural birth mother and she started writing the story down. Right before she got sick, um, she finished her last edit of this book that she was writing called She Gave Me Caramel Apples. And um, I was helping to finish up that last edit. And I had been helping her um, before she got sick on the phone. You know, she'd ask questions and we'd talk through some stuff. And so we were going through all of that. And and it was um, really wonderful to be able to still work with her while she was still cognitively able to answer questions, um, you know, non-verbally and stuff. But then I I would um, also just notice like their friends from church would come over and pray. I prayed for my mom too. I had given her a blessing. I'd actually gone to the LDS church in their town asking if they had any consecrated oil and um, asking for sort of a refresher course in how to give a blessing. And <laughs> so I went and I did it. And I felt, you know, it was interesting because after after the blessing was over, there was a calmness in the room. My mom had actually 
um, started dozing off and she was very peaceful and it was really, it was really quiet. And I felt like, you know, the Holy Spirit is moving and, and I had asked for, you know, for healing and, and uh, I believe that, you know, God heard my prayer and that, um, you know, there, there were, um, she didn't have to take a, a lot of pain meds during that time and stuff, but, you know, one of their friends came over a couple weeks later and gave her a blessing. And do you know that the same, the same experience happened when she gave the blessing? This is a non-LDS Christian who mm-hmm. gave a blessing to my mom. No oil, no consecrated oil. And she just prayed in Jesus' name. And there was this peace in the room. There was this calmness. Them and I mean, moment for moment, it was exactly what had happened when I had given a blessing. Mm-hmm. So something within me thought, "Oh, well, what I was doing wasn't necessarily anything special or different than what a Christian would do for a prayer for blessing for healing." And uh, that really touched me. And then the other thing that touched me was, um when I would get up in the middle of the night to use the facilities, I oftentimes stumbled, um, literally stumbled over my stepdad, pouring over his Bible and reading and searching. And uh, I know that he had mentioned in the past that he and mom would read the Bible together. I don't know if I didn't believe it or what, but just seeing him um, pouring over the scripture and just like, these are Christians, and my mom, I know, was a Christian. I, I, I just, I know it because of our our past, you know, and everything. And um, the there was a scripture that that um, during that time that became really important to me in Romans ten nine through eleven, um, but really verse nine, it says, "If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord." And believe in your heart that God raised them from the dead, you will be saved. So I, I just really continued to question in my mind. So my mom fits that category. My stepdad fits that category. Um, these people that they knew, they fit that category. Um, is the church, is the LDS church saying that when she passes away, she has a, a lot more work to do because she's not LDS? And then when I pass away, because I am LDS, I don't have as much work to do. And and we got to make sure she does the work so that she and I can be in the same level of existence in God's presence. Or, you know, it just seemed very complicated to me where the Bible says, look, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. I started taking that a lot more at its word, at God's word taking him at his word. So um, that really helped me to nudge along the path of finding my own Christian community and um, finding ways to read the Bible for myself. There's um, quite a few resources in the day, uh, in now that we're in the day of the internet. <laughs> and I, I did find some places that helped me to understand how to, how to read Bible dictionaries, Bible commentaries, church history books, um, got to hear lots of testimonies from that point forward. And, 
And, um, you know, I bought a Bible that has margins um, with blank lines so that I can just write notes in it. And, mm-hmm. um, and I found a, a Christian community, a small Christian community that we've been going through Acts now for a very long time. But it's been great because I, I'm hearing about what it meant to be a Christian um, in those first years. And uh, what the, the, the things were that they came across. And every time we read something, I'm just like, oh, man, this is like if I would have known this as an LDS person, this would have really fed me in a way that I wasn't being fed then. So um, it's been wonderful to be a part of these these people now. Um, you know, I, I have an assurance of faith that I, I think I've been missing for many years that um people like my mom you know she's in god's presence like the uh the second half of that of that um verse that they introduced me to with the wordless book um as a child when they were talking about sin um there's a a scripture about sin that says um i'm looking for it now um the wages of sin is death the second half of that is that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's a free gift and it's, um, it's the opposite of death. So where I uh, am outside of what I feel is his reach in Isaiah 59, it says that I'm never outside his reach. His hand is not too short to save, but because of sin, there's this separation um, between me and God and that he does not hear because of sin. But as soon as I get to that point where I'm able to confess my sin, he takes away the sin. And then I, all of a sudden, am not sitting in that wages of sin is death part of that scripture in Romans, but I'm in the gift of God being eternal life. Mm -hmm. So I feel... Like if 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 you're in that camp where you believe who Jesus is and um, you die, you open your eyes and you're in the presence of God, you know, so. And it's a one so and different. done thing. It's, yeah. it's a yeah. once and for all thing, right? You get to that point where you give your life to Jesus. You're now under the covenant of grace, no longer under the Mosaic law or under the covenant of death. They actually call it in the New Testament, the covenant of death. You're then in life and saved. And once you die and go to heaven and and God the Father sees you, you're covered by the blood. He goes, oh, that one belongs to Jesus, right? That one has, there is no condemnation now, it says, for those who are in Jesus. You know, That's it's right. In, in, in the LDS church, being there for so many years and in leadership position, you know, we were taught, and then as a leader, we were taught to teach people that, you know, when you commit sins, you know, like you have a temple recommend, or you're, you know, you're trying to do all the right things to, to please God. But if you commit a major sin, see, they would break their sins down in different categories. But if you would commit your major major sin, 
all the old sins would come back upon you as though you have not been forgiven. You would be, you know, you'd have to basically start over again. Uh, and so in, in Mormonism, you know, people would, they would fall and then they realize I, I can't get back up. You know, I'm, I'm doomed because now, you know, I was a temple recommend holder and I messed up. I did this. Now all my sins have come back, you know, and that I'm, I am responsible for everything. And I have to start the whole repentance process over again. That's, that's not the good news. That's not, you know, that's not what Jesus wanted. He, he said, I will take your burden from you. Okay. I will make you feel at ease that when you accept me and you come unto me, then your sin is as though it was never there. And the father, when he looks upon you on the day of judgment, it's just like, I see, I see my son. I see righteousness. Come, come, come be with us. Come be with the family. And whether, you know, you just lived as a sinner your whole life and you basically become born again on your deathbed, you get the same rewards as though you've been a Christian your whole life. And you know, Mormons could never understand that, you know, and Mormons would always get me very upset. If I ever hear the word cheap grace, what you guys believe, you, you Christians believe in cheap grace, that you can just call upon Jesus and ask for forgiveness. And you don't have to work for anything. You know, that's very upsetting to me because nothing that Jesus did on the cross was cheap. He gave it all. He became sin for us. He became a lightning rod for God's vengeance upon man. He paid that price that we couldn't pay for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And don't ever I, say that that's cheap. All you never, have to do never. is is look to the um, the uh, the thief hanging on the cross next to Jesus, and yes, you know, he said, "Will you remember me in your kingdom?" And he said, "I'm. I tell you the truth. You will be with me." in paradise and you know that guy didn't go through any ordinances that day he didn't you know he he just looked to jesus literally while jesus was paying the penalty you know yeah and uh, right yeah the ordinances so were nailed to the cross i mean it's so straight in the scriptures that you know the the whole concept of everything that man used to do you know all the old mosaic laws and everything man would have to do to be saved was done away with okay he fulfilled the law and our grace is now given to us and it's done through the cross so we're down to our last couple of minutes brad i your eyes are being opened to some of these differences you've loved your mormon experience but i'm assuming at some point did you officially give up your membership and then i'm in the process i haven't heard back i don't know if i will but um i uh you know i i don't wear the um the garments anymore um actually with my um community um they helped me dispose of them in a in a in a um respectful way and um and that was a healing moment for me just knowing that i'm choosing to believe in god's grace over any works that i might need to do and um 
yeah. So, and I, um, I love my community that I have found. It's, it's just a small, um, home church and, uh, I don't know where I go from here necessarily, but I feel like where I am is um, in a place where I can trust the Bible now. Um, I can trust his word. And when I have questions, I have a lot more tools now to find the answers Mm -hmm. in his word, you know? So I, I do love where I am in that, in that, in that way. Yeah. Do you have any last words for people who are struggling to find Jesus or struggling with their own worthiness? Um, one of the things I had read your son's book, I read yours too, um, but in his book, he brings up that phrase, Jesus is enough. And uh, I uh, I feel like that's just a, a nice, succinct thing, just to know that Jesus is enough. and. And the same thing is like when I'm going through a hard time, he's, he is enough. You know, I can go to him when I, when I don't know where else to go. And when I don't have the answers and I'm looking for them, I can go to him, you know. And uh, so, yeah, Jesus is enough. I guess that's my final. <laughs> wow. Wow. And he, he, he is. He is, and he change he changes lives, and and going to him brings the healing and brings the answers. And for each person, it's in their own way and their own time. But he's personal, and he knows us, and he loves us, and we just have to be authentic and um, cry before him and trust him. Wow, what a story. What a story. Uh, but th- this is God's story, Brad. This is, you know, you can sing this song your whole life and it will help many, many people uh, through this podcast, through your own personal interactions to help many people. That's right. And it is, it's God's story. It's uh same thing. I know when my mom was writing her book, she had said that this was a story that wasn't her story, but it was God's story. I feel the same about my story. Um, it's God working through just through us, you know, through people um, putting us in situations where, because I feel like his his desire that he just expresses over and over again is for us to be in communion with him. Amen. Grace and peace to you, my friends. Go out and find your own story with God. He has a plan for your life, and it's all good. God bless.